Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome uh, in here, guys, to the Monday edition of the Early Line on the Grid at SportsGrid.com. Joe Ranieri alongside Dean Martinez here. As uh, this is it, it is all about draft week. Kind of hard to believe, but we are here, Dane. Uh, the moment that uh, fans of football teams around the country have been waiting for, uh, including us with the, uh, with the Jets, a lot more of that misdirection where there's smoke there's fire kind of things that we've heard of course over the last 48 to 72 hours uh we bears make a, a shot right they car uh, tr- they cut trey burton uh, um the we continue to hear uh, all this stuff about odell beckham jr we we're hearing of course uh some uh, some things about some of these traffic it's amazing to me this is going to be today, tomorrow, of course, Wednesday, and then with the draft on Thursday. Uh, all hell could break loose, Dan. I mean, we really don't have any idea exactly what is going to transpire. But to me, it sounds like there might very well be some things transpiring prior to the draft, even. In fact, just a couple of years ago, and never really produced was kind of bad injuries. So now he comes another name mm-hmm. on Ferry go may go the Trey Burton route. So as one hole, excuse me, as one door closes, another one opens. This is the time of year. Also, Joe, when teams are going to start making moves like this because they got to clear money off their books, right? To sign whatever rookies they draft in the next week or so, and they got to have the money to be able to do it. So the idea of the cap casualties we'll start to hear around now as well. Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be, Kaya, quite the weekend, shall we say. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how this all uh, turns out here, Dane, uh, especially still at the top. And we're continuing to hear more and more rumors about... Uh, what are they going to do with Tua? We heard also that there was uh, a big effort and a big push by the Dolphins uh, to try and go ahead and, and coordinate something, get Tua somehow down to them or somehow a, a meeting in order for them to take it out. So certainly Miami is continuing to go down the route that they, they have interest in him. But again, we're continuing to hear how some people just don't feel uh, that they are going to be – it's not worth like they're not going to be able to uh, – uh, to trust it on that pick. I don't know what to believe or not to believe with Tua anymore. It's really that confusing to me. It really is, Joe. And here's the thing. I mean, we've talked about it before, right? The idea of hashtag tank for Tua. You're getting buzzed down there in Florida. The idea that maybe Justin Herbert is the apple of their face. It's amazing to us, Dan, because it, it happens, let's face it, this time of year it is, Dan. It, it's, where it's the misdirection. Who do you believe? Who, what, where, and how? So... Um, a lot of question marks still centering around this upcoming draft. Also, a lot of question marks still centering around, of course, guys, Major League Baseball, the who, what, and if, how, where might it uh, be. And believe it or not, it's so funny because we continue to hear how Arizona is really the likeliest place that we're going to go here, Dan, in order to be able to get some, uh, some baseball this year. And the Arizona plan continues Uh, to be the thing that people are pointed to saying it provides us the best opportunity to house everyone, keep them in a bubble, so to speak. So 
while we don't know exactly if and when, how, but, well, we know how. It's just a matter of when and if they can figure it out. But again, Ken Rosenthal over the weekend, a number of different uh, baseball writers, guys that cover the sport, uh, they continue to hear how it's going to be that plan or bust at this particular point, which is going to be fascinating to see exactly how this, uh, how this moves along, who's, who agrees, who doesn't agree. But sometimes the first thing you hear, Dane, um, turns out to be exactly what they were doing the entire time. That 75 games must be played mm -hmm. for uh, any kind of futures bet to kind of be valid. Right. And we've talked about this in terms of some of the contingency plans. And and because we don't know how many games will be in the regular season, win totals no. anymore. Right. However, Joe, get this. Our friends at FanDuel have modified it in a way that we can still have action if we want. Instead of win totals, what they have for every team, get this, is their winning percentage kind of buffers you. Right. If, if they play 120 games, if they play 144 games, if they play 102 games, you still, it's not a, a, the, the number, but, you know, the percentage. So we say, you know, this team is playing 600 ball. This team is over 500. They are now hanging props about the winning percentage of every team in Major League Baseball, which I found interesting. For example, the number for the Yankees is 620. Will they be playing 620 ball, which, you know, correlates to about 100 wins in the season. So I'm sure they're just taking their uh, win totals off of 162 and kind of prorating them or figuring out what that percentage would be. But I thought it was another very interesting, very creative way for our people over at FanDuel to still provide some action for us sports investors. Folks that are going to be um, trying to uh, trying to go ahead and invest and try and take advantage and certainly the books. Uh, the, what choice do the books have, really, at this particular point? They've got to be creative. And as long as they're creative, of course, the, uh, the betting community, the betting public will absolutely follow suit. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch exactly how that happens. Also, awful lot of fun uh, to continue to hear. And again, not only with Major League Baseball, sometimes the first thing you hear Turns out to be exactly the right thing. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., I hate to break it to Browns fans, yeah. may not be with him, uh, Dane, on the, when the season starts. So I, it was funny. That reporter comes out, releases a story, sources say, right? The owner, everybody comes out, rips this, uh, rips this reporter who's like, I, uh, all right, I, you know, I, I guess, only to turn out that, yeah, no, it's, it's really starting to make the circles. Now, I don't know if it happens during the draft, but it certainly seems like there's something going to happen between now and the first game of the season with Odell and the Browns. Yeah, I mean, we talk about where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm -hmm. I like to push back on that. It's a smokescreen time, right. so maybe the fire isn't always there. But, you know, I guess in the, the kind of timeline of this story or rumor or report, whatever you want to call it, right. was the idea that he was, uh, they were in talks with the Minnesota Vikings, right? And you and I both said, I don't know that that made sense, right? Because why would they trade in Stephon Diggs, one type of wide receiver, whether that's on the field or off the field, right. for another receiver of a similar ilk, especially when we have been saying, Joe, that there's, you know, dozen or more wide receivers with a grade in the top two or three rounds. And so they could always go 
the other route to try to get that production back on the outside. So I never thought that Minnesota was necessarily the answer. Mm -hmm. You talk about Mike Zimmer and the kind of coach and the kind of locker room that he wants to have. Right. And, but in the same vein, right, Stefanski just came over from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. to and many people believe, you included, I think, yep. that he's kind of going about it with the right approach, right? Part of this is a culture change in that locker room, especially given the way Freddie Kitchens ran the environment over the last year or so. So we didn't think that Minnesota was likely the place, but the idea that Odell is not necessarily a fit for what the Browns are now trying to do, I still buy on some level. And so now what they're saying is, you know, on one side of the mouth, the, the team, the GM are saying, nah, he's part of a long-term future, but these reports continue to surface. So maybe, Joe, it's really more of an issue of, you know, at what cost? Yeah. Right. What price? And again, a lot of teams right now in this few days right before the draft, they're focused on the draft again in the same way as like Jadavion Clowney may have to wait or Jameis Winston may have to wait. Maybe any kind of transaction or deal with Odell mm -hmm. will have to wait till some other team doesn't really fill that wide receiver need the way they want. Yeah, it's uh, and well, Lord knows we got enough. Uh, we certainly got enough uh, of those uh, wide receivers uh, in this draft to make teams a lot of happy. Uh, and I also heard some very interesting things too over the weekend regarding the possibility. And we've always talked about that run at 11, 12, and 13 there with the Jets, yeah. um, the Raiders, of Raiders. course, yeah. and the Niners. Uh, but there are uh, there are a bunch of folks that believe. Uh, they're going to go defense, that being the uh, the Raiders there. And I know when we talked about it, offense, defense, the prop there uh, for right. them, it was certainly a little more value if you thought the Raiders would go defense. But apparently um, they've got their eyes set on a couple of those uh, defensive backs uh, in this draft that they figure they'll go get help at the wide receiver position someplace else. And they've got two picks, so... You know, maybe they use that second pick later on in the first round to move up and go get that defensive player. But uh, I thought it was interesting because that was, I think that was almost even money, uh, the Raiders going I'm defense instead of offense. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and that has moved a little bit. Our friends over at FanDuel, mm -hmm. Joe, right now have the Raiders as minus 215. Wow. Offense. It's an offensive side of the ball. But I think you make a, an interesting point, and it's one that I've mentioned a bunch of times here, whether it's in the draft or whether it's in, quite frankly, fantasy mm -hmm. football or fantasy baseball drafts. Remember, the Raiders have right now at least number 12 and number 19. Right. Okay? Right. So the question is, at number 12, let's say wide receiver is something they're targeting. We've heard Mayock talk about we got to get better at that position. But let's say there's also a need at corner, like right. you're talking about, Joe. Right. Well, at that, when they're sitting there at number 12, right, what may happen, just to give you a case study here of what I'm talking about, let's CJ Henderson, the cornerback out of Florida, is still on the board. Right. Then they feel there's a big gap from Henderson to the next guy at corner. Let's okay. say it, uh, it could be Diggs, it could be Terrell, whoever it is, right? And at the same time, there's those three wide receivers, Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs. Mm -hmm. It's very viable because they pick at 19. You know, if they took the wide receiver, right. the ch the, there's a very good chance that the cornerback they want would not still be there at 19. Whereas the opposite, if they went corner with number 12, then there's only, there's only six picks until they pick again. Yep, and that's three correct. wide receivers at that tier. Mm -hmm. So it may be a better calculated risk 
to go for the position first where there's less, less depth at that level of talent. And that's why I do believe, you know, because the Raiders are sitting there at 19, you know, when we know San Fran may want it. In between, who else is there, though? Maybe Denver, you know? So if, if the three wide receivers are still there at 12 after the open show is that the Jets take the last offensive lineman on the board, right. there are still three wide receivers there, yeah, they may go cornerback first. Interesting value to think about. They're minus 215 for offense, but the Raiders are plus 165 to address a defensive need. Uh, that's Yeah, that's why I'm saying I, I found it interesting with that. And it's having that extra pick in the first round, yeah. guys, that that always gives teams a, you know, that gives them that wild card, Dane, because you just don't know, right? You just don't know what it is that you're going to get from them. But uh, they're not alone. There's a whole lot of those types yeah. of teams, too, in, uh, in the first round that this could be just one craziness. I just think absolute craziness could very well come from this. And, you know, when we continue to look at it, Dana, as we get a little bit closer and closer this week, wow. Um, it's uh, not gotta, only that to me, the draft really starts after number six. Yeah. Um, that, that's really where the draft to me is going to get uh, interesting with a lot of these teams having a great opportunity to get not one, but even in the first couple of picks, two people that can yeah. really uh, be a game changer for the organization. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah, so, for example, the Minnesota Vikings are in a similar situation. They pick number 22 and number 25, right? And they, we think, may want to address wide receiver, may want to address some uh, some linebacker or defensive side needs in the back half as well. But think about it. At 22 and 25, it... If there's wide receivers still on the board, maybe they kick the can down the road on that one because there's so many supply and demand there, and they, right. go the, they go for the need on the defensive side first. Similar idea, we know Jacksonville has picks 9 and 20. Which one do they prioritize? We know about the Dolphins at 5, likely doing quarterback, but they got 18 and 26 as well. What does that mean they prioritize in terms of other needs, maybe offensive line, maybe one of these three-down running backs that could actually go in the first round or yep. continuing to add on the defensive side of the ball for Flores. Going to be so much fun, guys. It really, really is. This week uh, is going to be chock full of, uh, get ready for it, draft uh, talk, prop bets that you can go after, offense, defense, wide receivers, uh, yep. who gets what, who moves up, more conversation about uh, and continuing to hear a bunch of chatter of New England uh, as one of these teams ready to move up in the draft, the possibility of them going up and getting, an, uh, who knows, at this particular point, uh, whether it be a quarterback or not. Uh, there is, uh, and of course, there was this other report about uh, the kid out of uh, Louisville, uh, Mackay Becton. Uh, they flagged his... Uh, apparently, his uh, drug test there at the combine, and you know, doesn't mean he fa he never failed one in high uh, in college, of course. But uh, a flag just means that they might have seen something, or uh, something might have been inconclusive. So a flag is a flag, although it's not that you know you you definitely failed it. But sometimes this usually comes up, Dane, with people um, trying to mask uh, yep. as something else. So. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously, as we get a little bit closer, but much to get into here, including, guys, how uh, breaking it all down as we start going down the board of the draft, finding you guys some value and a chance to, uh, to do, well, just that, make a few bucks here this week and a couple of bets coming your way. We'll do that next here on the early line. It's The Grid. 
sportsgrid.com. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here to The Grid. It is sportsgrid.com. Joe Ranieri and Dan Martinez here as uh, we continue to push forward, getting ready for the draft. The 2020 NFL draft, Dane, is going to be uh, a whole lot of fun. It's going to be good because we got you covered here on The Grid, the ability for us to, uh, to be able to bring you some live uh, draft coverage there, the ability to be able to break this, uh, these picks down for you, of course, here on SportsGrid. You're definitely going to want to uh, join us here on Thursday night. It's going to be uh, a whole lot of fun, and it's going to be pretty profitable, Dane. There is a, a lot of opportunity uh, for us to be able to lay it down on these prop bets. We talked Absolutely. about uh, the Raiders, of course, uh, giving us a great opportunity there. If we're on the uh, right side of that, thinking maybe they might move up from that number 12 spot to go ahead and Maybe go get a defensive player that they want being. And I think that's, it's not just them. It, it's so interesting to me how many wide receivers here, how many teams could use a stud wide receiver, but how many teams may opt to go, you know what? I'll pick them up later, as opposed to using that first round draft pick. There's a lot of teams that could use receiver, but. Maybe they're just saying, you know what, I'd rather get offensive line help. I'd rather get defensive help. There's a bunch of those players as opposed to, you know, oh, well, I'll just grab a wide receiver. There's, there's at least a dozen in this draft. Guys are convinced are game changers day one that they play. Right, and that's kind of what I was mentioning before with uh, what, you know, Minnesota could do, what the Raiders could do. I think, for example, Joe, our Jets are a perfect example of that, mm -hmm. right? When they pick at number 11 – uh, their two biggest needs that everyone's talking about is at the offensive line and at the wide receiver position, right? right. At number 11, um, the way my mock draft goes, the way I've seen a lot of other mock drafts go, three of the four, like, top O-linemen studs, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's Wills, Werfs, Becton, who you just mentioned, Andrew Thomas, a lot of people think that when the Jets pick at number 11, only one of them will be left, Tip. right? Yep. And so you have one of them left, and then there's a big drop down to say Austin Jackson out of USC or say Josh Jones out of Houston or any other tackle you may have at that second year. And then the other option would be probably Tigger the litter at wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Because no, not many people think that the wideouts, whether it's Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, or anybody else, will go top 10. Right. right. So the Jets would be faced of, do I take the last wide receiver at that quote-unquote blue chip elite tier mm -hmm. or do i start the wide receiver run mm -hmm. and the other thing to consider is the jets pick again at number 48 right so at, in this situation which is what like uh towards the beginning of the first half of the second round you've talked about how many wide receivers let's call it a dozen yeah. call it 15 
right, that may be uh, legitimate day one starters in the NFL. So if I'm the Jets, and what I hope our guy Joe Douglas does is prioritize the elite-level talent that might still be there at the O-line position, right. and then the comeback, you're still potentially in some mocks I've seen and where I think we might be at. You still might be able to get a K.J. Hamler out of Penn State, a Michael Pittman out of USC, a T. Higgins out of Clemson, the kid Chenault you're talking about, Mims from Baylor, or other options that are out there. So then that's what you have to think about it, right, Joe, as in a comprehensive way. Mm -hmm. And what could also happen, Joe, is if a lot of teams are making that similar kind of choice and calculus, then we all have heard that the wide receiver position is so stacked but the wide receiver position as a whole may start to fall down the draft board as every team realizes yep. I can trade until it comes back around and still get something quality. It's it, it's and it's listen, it's not a bad strategy. It it really, really isn't because A, we know, Dane, right? And and we it's been proven a million times. Uh, the value in wide receivers is often, and we hear about it a lot, right? Oh, now he was a third round, fourth round. Antonio Brown was a sixth round pick. You know what I mean? They can get value. And we know, I mean, it's, a, it's one of the oldest sayings that we go with here is that it's not the wide receiver who makes the quarterback. It's the quarterback who makes the wide receiver. So when you have other needs, you're not sure. A lot of these teams aren't just a wide receiver away, you know, a stud wide receiver away from, uh, from being competitive. Uh, it's not how it is. Uh, it's one thing if you're picking in the late 20s, early 30s to go that route. But prior to that, if you can fill some needs on edge rushing or defensive line, there's uh, – and I think that may be – the area that we see more teams who are trading up. I mean, outside of quarterback, obviously, but outside of that position, I think it's going to be a lot of defensive players, Dane, off the top of the board uh, that go before we start to see this run on these uh, wide receivers and offensive players for that matter. I mean, we know Burrow. It's yep. going to start offense. It's going to go defense. Uh, and then we kind of went down it, Dane. Detroit, defense. Giants, it's going to be two and two, right? Or the Giants could go and go get themselves that uh, that stud of a defensive player, whoever's left, and it could be Simmons, which a lot of people say uh, right up the alley of Dave Gettleman loves the kid. He's that perfect hybrid that uh, Gettleman loves getting his hands on. So that's possible. I mean, there has been some movement, mm -hmm. Joe, in the uh, in the odds for the New York Giants. Yep. So, uh, a few days ago. You know, you mentioned Isaiah Simmons uh, at, at the linebacker position. Mm -hmm. A few days ago, um, linebacker and offensive lineman as the positions the Giants would go mm -hmm. was, uh, I think O-line was minus 110 and linebacker was like plus 150 or so. Okay. Uh, now linebacker's all the way up to plus 270. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm um, some of the other stuff that's uh, been coming out here, even there's still a big name defensive free agent that is still out there. Uh, and that being, of course, uh, you know, Logan Ryan there, who had one of his best years with the Tennessee Titans. And yep. he was, you know, he was looking for a contract or extension. Nobody picked him up. A lot of teams talked to him. But now we're continuing to get the New York Jets associated with him, which is kind of interesting given the fact that we do think that at some point in the draft, they were going to go ahead and try to address uh, that secondary. And... You know, Logan Ryan, because now it's the draft is here. We're kind of past that whole free agency boom. 
Uh, there's not going to be a lot of money there, Dane, from the Jets, but what there will be is an opportunity, kind of a one-year, kind of prove-yourself thing. And uh, listen, I, guy was great last year. If he can kind of bring some stability back there, figure it out with Jamal Adams, you know what I mean? Somehow manage to be able to do it. If they have the cap space to be able to fit him in there, uh, then that's a little less the Jets got to worry about uh, doing early on in this draft. Yeah, um, I think we have a lot of things coming together at this point mm. in time, though, Joe, right? We have the market kind of on pause because yep. we're turning our attention to the draft. We also, if you know, later on, right after the draft, one of the things you have are these, like I mentioned before, these salary cap casualties, right? Mm -hmm. And that is part of what may be able to free up some money for someone like a Logan Ryan to the right. Jets. Specifically, uh, Tremaine Johnson, who was their big signing only a couple years ago, many people believe will be a cap casualty, and that'll clear, you know, almost $10 million worth of space if they do move on from Tremaine Johnson. So it may be like a chicken or the egg kind of thing, right? Uh, whether that's about freeing up the money, whether it's about getting the rookie in the draft, that can kind of do this cheaper. But and, and the other part about this when it comes to the market for Logan Ryan it's similar to me, Joe, for what we were hearing about Jadavion Clowney. Mm -hmm. Now, Jadavion Clowney wanted to get $20, $22 million, and there were no takers. But all of a sudden, Joe, as soon as, you know, they put out or his camp put out, they're like, okay, he may be willing to think more about $16, 17000000 million, which was the deal that, remember, the previous year, a guy like Zadarius Smith as a pass rusher got. Then all of a sudden, at that level, there are suitors. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing could happen for Logan Ryan. He was not, you know, he wanted to get over $10 million in this market uh, at the cornerback position, didn't have any takers until, you know, at this point yet in free agency. Now, if he's willing to lower his asking price or get, like you described, that like more prove it deal, right. then I'll be willing to bet, of course, there'll be suitors. It's just about at what level and finding a reasonable place for both sides to agree. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be fun here. This could be, uh, some say, the calm before the storm here, Dane, and uh, the storm could be here all, uh, all darn week here. There's just so many uh, different things coming out, trying to figure out uh, who, what, where, and how. Still a lot of question marks uh, with some of these players and the teams. You know, without having these guys show up uh, at, at, you know, at the facilities with these guys, without the, the, the Jets, the Giants, the Dolphins, I mean, go down the list, without there being any real sense around headquarters with what's going on, a lot of this is, hey, who, who were they on the phone with Zoom with? Like, who did they Zoom talk? How long did they Zoom talk? It's not exactly a... Um, an inside look, if you will, Dane, as to what they may be thinking. And the truth is, there's, we don't know. A lot of these, we don't know. And I thought the right. Dolphins themselves have done a great job uh, out of Belichick's book. We know Flores, of course, is a, uh, you know, is a Belichick disciple uh, doing just a tremendous job, Dane, of the, uh, yeah, we like a lot of people. Um, we may, um, you, know, we, we, you know, we're just, we're looking at a lot of different things. So, you know, here we go. This is going to be a total free-for-all rather quickly, I think, at the top of uh, Thursday night's draft. And then you got to ask yourself still, even after Thursday night, Dane, what's left for Cam Newton? What's going to be left for Jameis yep. Winston? Because there's got to be... You know, if, if there is not a quarterback push like we think there's going to be, 
then we also, come Friday, have to be looking at the possibility that the teams that maybe we thought were going quarterback didn't. Um, then hello, Jameis, and, and hello, Cam Newton. Somebody's going to go get them. Yeah, I absolutely think that that is another very intriguing kind of uh, dynamic in all of this mm-hmm. jump, right? It is very rare, uh, given these times that we are in, that there's not one, not two, maybe as many as three veteran quarterbacks that are out there available also, you know, and I, I for a team like the Chargers, who you and I have discussed, you know, who may have a win-now roster, you know, who have signed 30-year-olds in free agency already, do they really want to go the rookie quarterback route? Or might, you know, a Jameis in competition with Tarad or a Cam be a better option right now? For example, Joe, I know we uh, we may talk about it a little bit more, but the Chargers are the favorites to land Cam Newton services. Miami Dolphins are second choice, right? And that may that those numbers are definitely gonna move right after the draft. And I think that teams will either address these needs in that way or not. And we will see kind of the moving, uh, the moving target on that. Intriguingly enough, this week, one of the things that, or last over the weekend, one of the things that also happened, Joe, was we're starting to hear buzz or, you know, quotes even, um, that Andy Dalton may just stay in Cincinnati. Really? Like as a backup option, okay? You know, Zach Taylor mentioned, quote unquote, keeping all options on the table. Andy Dalton said he would be open to a backup role in Cincinnati. You know, and listen, if it ain't going to be Dalton as the backup or as the mentor to Joe Burrow, it's going to be someone else, right? So I think I think the chips are kind of, or the dots are sort of being connected that Andy Dalton may be, going just right back into a role uh, of becoming, you know, the the guy who we turn in the page for, whether it was like was Eli Manning for the Giants last year when they had a rookie quarterback. You still need that mentor. And I even think the Andy Dalton market severely changed because now Jameis Winston and Cam Newton are there as well. So you may have thought Andy Dalton was going to be somewhere else, but wherever those places are, they now have options in yep. Camden and Jameis Winston. So those markets are a very fluid thing in a way that has not really been the case in years past. It really, really not. And that's why it's just so, so unique as we, uh, as we all sit here uh, counting the days away. Try, it's almost as like, all right, we always try to figure out that one or two big surprise, right, in the, in the first round. There could be a half a dozen big surprises here when this is all said and done. Just, and I think it also says a lot to, I think, the quality of the talent that's, uh, that's in this year's draft, too, especially early on. I do think the first two rounds of this draft can offer uh, not a lot of, you know, the big names, um, you know, that we are used to in the past coming out. But from the standpoint of a lot of very good quality wide receivers, defensive linemen that don't get a lot of publicity, uh, certainly uh, secondary members, great value, yeah. uh, you know, the other value in the quarterback positions, and, of course, uh, offensive line help. I mean, there is a ton of, and, and 32 picks in this year's uh, draft there on Thursday night, those top 32, um, there's a lot of very, uh, they, you know, we've been talking about it and scouts have been talking about them all year. There's a ton of help four teams in that first round where in years past kind of been a crapshoot, you know, yeah, the hits doesn't, there's a lot of guys that uh, have very high marks coming into, uh, coming into this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and then I think the other thing you have to always overlay on that, Joe, is the the positional value right. of that position, right? We know about the quarterback. We know about the linemen. Uh, in recent years, we've seen on the defensive side, the edge rushers and the cornerbacks get more money in free agency, be highly coveted right. in the draft. And those are the positions we see again. Um, I know we got to go to break, uh, but, you know, our friends at FanDuel have four and a half quarterbacks as the prop bet. I did a mock draft. Four quarterbacks went off, you know. Uh, the idea of six wide receivers in this wide receiver stacked draft, in my mock draft, six wide receivers went, you know. Wow. So the same thing. Offensive linemen, six and a half is the total that hand, uh, FanDuel is, is putting up there. Six was the number that I got in my mock draft. So we kind of stayed on it. I went over, but the running back position, Joe, was like, will one running back get taken? The line they hung for the prop bet was a half. And I do, in fact, have one running back being drafted. And by the way, Joe, it's DeAndre Swift by your Miami Dolphins for 26 overall. I like that, man. I like that very much. Could definitely be a position that they are shooting for. Uh, Plus a whole lot of other needs for other teams, too. We'll take a look at some of those odds. And we'll get you caught up with our thoughts here. Looking to make it uh, rain, so to speak. Uh, We'll do that coming up next here on The Grid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, guys, welcome back in here to the early line on this uh, Monday as we uh, push forward here as to trying to figure out what this NFL draft is going to bring us here in a couple of nights. Also, what is it going to mean for a lot of these teams moving forward, Dane, with such yeah. uh, with such athleticism and the ability to be able to get some guys that are highly coveted here in a lot of different positions uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that run is made. In other words, do the quarterbacks go all, we know at the top, right? We're expecting Burrow and maybe two or three other guys uh, all before the top 10. We And guys moving up or uh, certainly offensive linemen, those four big stud tackles here. Not to mention, there's a bunch of guys in the guard center position too that are also being very highly coveted. Secondary, a lot of members uh, of that there all across college football. A lot of teams inquiring, doing a lot of interviews. So um, Thursday night could be absolutely crazy. But again, even after Thursday night, Dane, we got to start trying to figure out, based upon even before this draft here, the quarterback position we all know, obviously, Uh, One of the most important. And while there's going to be a number of teams who address it in the draft, I don't know how many of those quarterbacks, Dan, are we going to be looking at, even if it goes as chalky as possible. Who's who's starting? Are are, are these any of these guys day one starters? And that's an an intriguing question, you Mm -hmm. know. And I think you can remember uh, late last week, Joe, with the draft upcoming, you tried to get ahead of some value 
with yep. wind tunnels, right? right? Well, I think this is a very interesting time to get ahead of value with some of this quarterback futures market, you know? And, like, for example, you know, I mentioned Andy Dalton and how he may be winding up right back in Cincy, you know, kind of as that bridge or as that mentor for Joe Burrow. I think Cam Newton is a very interesting scenario as well, Joe. Right. You know, because everyone thinks, right, everything I've heard, what you've been talking about, is that these Dolphins and Chargers, five and six, Oh, boy, that's going to be Tua and Herbert or Herbert and Tua. And it's kind of almost as, as though that's like a, a lock, a fait accompli, right. that those two quarterbacks are going to be off the board. Well, then let me ask you this, Joe. Hmm. If the Chargers are off the board right. and if the Dolphins hmm. is not going to go ahead and give Cam Newton money and draft the first-round quarterback, it's just not going to happen, Joe. Yep. So I would love to get your thought on some of these teams. Like, which way do you think they're going to go, not only with these players, but, but there's a few – team situations that are still a little bit left on shore where I'd be interested to see where you think they're going to go. And first, I, you know, it's funny. I know um, Leonard Fournette uh, came out last uh, week, of course, like, I think it was around Friday and had made the comments and had uh, been on social media pushing for Cam Newton to come to Jacksonville. And which I found fascinating because, and he clarified it in an interview saying it's no disrespect to Gardner Minshew, but, you know, we're just trying, we want to have the best team uh, that we can, and competition gets the best out of things, so, yeah, it's like, you know, uh, with all due respect, as I'm spitting in your face, I'm just, I'm <laughs> telling you that I'm not, and, but I do find it interesting, because we thought the thing with Gardner Minshew as a rookie last year uh, was that he did win over that locker room. Um, and obviously there are some guys in that locker right. room, um, especially, your, you know, your star running back there. If he's thinking Cam Newton, if he's making a pitch again, Cam Newton, then he thinks. And, and listen, I don't think he's wrong. I, it's okay to say that Cam Newton is better than Gardner Minshew right now. That's okay. Uh, but like anything else, I don't know if he's healthy or not. I mean, that right. to me is still the big question with Cam Newton, but I do find it interesting that some of those players are actually going out and saying, can we get, can we get Cam here? I mean, Cam can be better than Gardner Minshew. That's okay to admit that for now. I mean, they're two totally different, you know, ages and different right, everything. Right. So, but health, I, you know, to me, Cam Newton, if it's not Gardner Minshew, I do think Cam Newton would be a good fit down there. All right, absolutely. And remember, they were also hanging plus 550 yep. on Andy Dalton, plus 750 on Jameis Winston. Right. The idea that there are options out here is what I want people to know. Yep. Because, you know, at this point of the year, usually everyone assumes that teams that are quarterback needy are going to go the draft route to That's fill correct. that need. Yep. This is a very unique time where you could go in another direction. And so, you know, you have to consider that when you're making some of these prop bet plays, Joe. You know, yep. so, for example, the Chargers are another team where we have odds on, okay? Tyrod is the favorite right now at minus 200. Anthony mm -hmm. Lynn is supposed to be bullish on him. Tyrod was successful in Buffalo when Anthony Lynn was there as I believe the offensive coordinator, maybe the running backs coach there. Yep. But I don't know. Here's the thing, Joe. Do you believe the smoke? That's what it comes down to because many people also believe that the Chargers sitting there at number six are going to be really, really happy to take Tua or Herbert, whichever one may still be there. And then with this team, you have to think, will they actually be the starter for a week one? So you got Tarad at minus 200. I find it very interesting, though, Joe, that the next option is Cam Newton and is not a quarter, um, 
a rookie. Right. You know, I mean, they hang Cam Newton at plus 420 before Herbert at 7 to 1 or Tua at 7 to 1. What this is saying is what you and I were saying, Joe, that the Chargers are a veteran quality win now roster and that's why the top two choices here are veterans before we get to even Herbert or Tua despite the fact that they're at the sixth pick right 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 and, and you know the Chargers are going to be so unique and I'm still you know of the camp that I don't think they're going quarterback I think they're going to stick with right. Tyrod right. and they'll try and grab one of that those next level uh quarterbacks that can uh, they can groom there over the next couple of years with Tyrod right. uh because even if that let's say they get Herbert, right, at number six. There's a lot of people don't think Herbert's going to be ready day one anyway, right? Um, Tua, we don't know health-wise, right? So uh, many of these teams, may ju- the Chargers may just opt to, no matter if they go with a quarterback or not, to sit tight and let Tyrod Taylor work it out. And he's obviously going to have a leg up over everybody else anyway in that system yeah. with that coaching staff. I would be very surprised, even if they go quarterback, that we're not talking about Tyrod Taylor starting the year for the uh, for the Chargers, because I don't know any of outside of Burrow, who's got to play, um, and I think that's just bad news for him all the way around. But um, I just I don't see any of these other quarterbacks. Tua for health and Herbert, because he's never taken a damn snap under center in college, never been away from home. I. I don't see any of those quarterbacks, regardless. And and Jordan Love, and you put them all the rest of them there. Whoever drafts them, whoever the incumbent is, is the quarter is going to be the starting quarterback there. Right, and 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 all words seem to point to Tyrod there with the Chargers. It, it should be too, shouldn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. especially yeah. given the experience he has with Lynn. Exactly correct. Plus, you got all those weapons. I mean, it'll be nice to hand it off to whoever you draft, but. You know, I, I to me, I think they're going with Tyrod. I think they'll be happy with that. And if something terrible happens during the season, then they can bring him in. But I don't see the starting quarterback in game one being anybody other than Tyrod Taylor. Listen, I hear you, Joe, especially because they are so close. Maybe right. the maybe a piece like Isaiah Simmons makes them, you know, yes. a playoff team, right? That's and a so, different story. And I would think about that as well. All right, I got one or two more that I want to test if you believe the smoke screens. All, all right. right. One of the things here, um, Joe, in terms of uh, starting quarterbacks for week one is the New England Patriots. Mm -hmm. Okay, now everything we've been hearing is this idea that Bill really likes Jared Stidham, that they're going to go at it with Stidham. Of course he does. The only person they've really signed is Brian Hoyer. So there's the idea of, oh, would Cam be a good fit there? Oh, would Andy Dalton be a good fit there? And there's also the idea, Joe, that they may be at number 23 or via trade up or down go and get one of these quarterbacks. Right now, Stidham is the favorite, right. minus 270. The next choice is Brian Hoyer, which I don't believe, at plus 260. Then you get the Cam, the Jameises, the Daltons. But ironically, in this round, you also have Jordan Love. You also have Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason as choices. So, I mean, like, are they really, Joe, going to go at it with Jared Stidham? I think they are. Uh, I mean, believe it or not, I think they are. Unless something crazy happens where something falls in their lap or... 23 uh, later in the draft. Right. In, yeah, in the unless something happens, and I do think if they do move up, it's probably going to be for defense. Uh, okay. I don't think it's ever going to be for quarterback because Belichick, for as long as he's been coaching, has never been 
a end-all, be-all guy with a quarterback. I mean, he just so happened to eventually had Tom Brady, but even he was a six-round pick. So it's not like they put a lot of stock in. Belichick likes guys that he can rely upon, take care of the ball, and can throw it on time. Doesn't need him to have a 90-yard arm, 90-yard arm, doesn't matter. Just do those things, be steady, you know what I mean? Be reliable and everything else. So if Belichick moves up, I think it's going to be for a defensive player. Uh, that he's going to go get. And uh, to me, the only uh, free agent that I think is uh, is a possibility to go there uh, yeah. would be Andy Dalton. I think that's the only one. Because uh, I don't think he sees a difference in any of it. I think he all goes, so what? I mean, they're all the same. I gotta, I've got problems any which way that I go there anyway. He likes Hoyer. Why? Always been reliable. Can put the ball where he needs it to be. And I think if he's going to go with anybody outside of Stidham, it would probably be maybe Andy Dalton. So interestingly enough, there's one new name added to the bottom of these odds, which is kind of another one of these veteran quarterbacks that are out there that no one is really talking about, but maybe as a bridge to Stidham or someone Mm -hmm. they draft. Joe Flacco is out there. Interesting. And and he is 50 to 1, but he is the kind of archetype of quarterback that could, you know, keep the seat warm there in New England as well. So just wanted to note that he, Joe Flacco, was also out there. I believe he failed the physical recently, uh, but, you know, obviously a lot of time from now until then. The last team I want to give you, Joe, um, is down in your neck of the woods. Okay. What's going on with Miami, bro? You tell me. Right now, it's minus 210. For Ryan Fitzpatrick. And remember, this is week one, Joe. So the idea of even if they do draft a guy at number five overall, and if it's Tua, if it's Herbert, if it's someone else and they got a smoke screen on, whatever. But Fitzpatrick is at minus 210. Then here, intriguing, and this is showing you maybe what they think Miami's going to do. Mm-hmm. And Tua's 270 and Herbert's all the way at plus 500. So this market says at least it's Tua if it's a quarterback. Right, and then some of the same uh, names, obviously the Cam, the Andy, yep, Rosen there at twenty to one as well. Who's on the center week one for Miami, Joe? Uh, you know, it's if they go with Tua, everything is going to be related upon health. But I do think that they were so happy with yeah. Fitzpatrick and what he did, and his ability to be able to have won the locker room, and the players just absolutely love him. Um, I do think a lot of, even Miami, much like the Chargers, I think they're going to go into the season with the incumbents, but I do think that eventually, depending on how it goes, they will eventually, you know, bring in that, that new quarterback, uh, after they've had some time. Like, I don't think there's any reason in the world to, even if you go to a, to have to start him. And I think maybe that's the best luxury is that you're not going to be forced to play him. And there are worse things to do than make sure you're 100% healthy first and take, you know, get under Fitzpatrick and let him, you know, win a couple of games, get out there, that type of thing. I think Fitzpatrick, again, no matter whether the Dolphins or not, the incumbent is going to start. That may not be who finishes this season, but I think it's going to start. I don't see Herbert starting on any team right off the bat. And it would be better for him, Jordan Love. And I think it would even be better for Tua if you kind of let the other guys get their uh, start the year and you kind of hold the clipboard for a little while. And then when you have your opportunity, you jump in and you get going because we already know Fitzpatrick's shown that he can win and guys will rally around him. There are worse, worse people to be able to tutor under. 
Yeah, it's so hard. And you mentioned the word incumbent, right? And we see that every year. Like the number one pick, yep. you got to kind of start, right? Like last year, Kyler Murray started out the gate. Daniel Dimes, it took a little while. Dwayne right. Haskins, it took a little while, right? Yep. So I hear you, and I kind of agree with you that even if they do draft someone at number five, whether mm-hmm. it's or Herbert, in week one, it'll right. be it's magic under center. You use the term incumbent, Joe. Just so you know, there's a couple of other teams that FanDuel is hanging those kind of props on. And the incumbent is usually the favorite, right? So the Raiders, you have Carr or Mariota or a rookie, but Carr is the incumbent. Kyle Allen is now plus 170, and then all these other names we've been batting around are also choices for these teams. But at least them hanging those as prop bets lets you see what teams may be in the uh, market for a quarterback, whether that's Jameis, whether that's Dalton, whether that's Cam, or whether that's these rookies coming up in the draft. Yeah, and listen, there's going to be, over the next couple of years, there's going to be a whole fresh new group of faces at at quarterbacks, right, guys? And I think, and don't let us discount, there is this kid um, in Clemson coming out this year. Uh, That, listen, we've seen people tank for Tua, right? Do not be at all surprised if there's a team or two there getting ready to tank uh, otherwise there. So, Dane, I think there's going to be a lot of same old, same old, a lot of familiar faces in the NFL to start this year. But I think... By yep. the time that year ends, um, we're going to be looking at the future of quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's going to look a hell of a lot different than it does to start the year, especially given, and this is another thing to keep in mind here, guys, the ability to be able to go into a season with somebody who has been there, done that, when we don't know how you're going to get on the field or when you're going to get on the field yet, less practice time, less training camp times, I think it screams that, yep, um, we'll be all right. We'll, we'll, and I think every you don't even have to answer to fans because I think everyone will understand. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. The kind of incumbent advantage yep. is even more in this year to try and stick with familiarity instead yep. of having to add something new in these times. Yep, absolutely. All right, so Dane's going to step aside here. Of course, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back, though. Hour number two, we'll get you going. He'll be back with us again uh, tomorrow, though, of course. But... In the meantime, uh, Dane, it's uh, get ready, man. Thursday is going to be huge, yeah. uh, and we got much more to go here. Prop bets galore coming your way next year. Hour uh-huh. number two on the grid, sportsgrid.com. It's the only line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.